It's Monday. It's May 1st, 2023. You're listening or watching live on the ISC Sports Network to the Tan and J-Man Show, episode 337. If you're watching, you might notice that Josh the J-Man is not joining me today. He had some obligations he needed to take care of, so filling in for him like he has many times is my father, Eric Lee. Dad, how are you on this gloomy May Monday evening? I'm doing well. And yourself? Hanging in there. It's all we can do. I uh, wish it was warmer. A little snow here today, but uh, we made it through. It seems like every week when Josh and I do the introductions on these uh, podcasts, we're talking about how cruddy the weather is. So hopefully uh, hopefully that's going to turn around soon for the better. But uh, yeah, It's about over. I hope so. It's, I mean, it's May. You know, April showers supposed to bring me May flowers, but today we're getting showers and snow and a little bit of everything. So, yeah. But uh, that's how it goes sometimes, I guess. Um, but um, we are going to put the birdie or bogey contest on hold. It's a tie, tie contest right now so far in 2023. But for the entertainment of the show, you did provide me with a birdie or bogey question tonight. So with that said, let me have it. All right. Well, as you well know, the NFL draft took place this past weekend, Thursday, Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday. Um, Bryce Young obviously went first. Second pick was C.J. Stroud, quarterback, Ohio State. Well, I got to thinking uh, the number overall number two pick has not been very successful in NFL lore. Out of the 87 drafts, only 12 number two picks, number overall number two picks have ever even made the Hall of Fame. My question, there's only been three that's made the Hall of Fame since 1984, and I was wondering if you could name two of them. The number two overall picks. Yep. <laughs> and hey. I'll, give you, I'll give you a hint. It was not Ryan Leaf, who was the number two overall pick behind Peyton Manning. I, I knew that one. Okay. But, uh, I'm going to have to take my time on this one because I can't even think who there's no taking number two all, overall. The other two, well, they're obviously all-timers, or they wouldn't be Hall of Famers. So. Yeah. Hmm. And it's obviously they haven't been number weren't number two picks in the last say ten years because you have to have five right. years before you go to the Hall of Fame. Right, but still, it's yeah, this is gonna be a tough one. Yeah, you know what? I also, if I were here, there's only one quarterback that's ever been drafted number two overall that's made the Hall of Fame, and that was Sid Luckman in 1939. Would have never guessed that one. Yeah, if you think about some of the number twos that have been picked here lately, um, the most successful one is probably Carson Wentz. You had Zach Wilson. You had Mitch Trubisky. You had Marcus Mariota, Carson Wentz. So, uh, you know, there haven't been a lot of what I'd call big-time quarterbacks drafted number two overall. Well, the Texans are hoping C.J. Stroud breaks that mold. Absolutely, sure. they're they're banking on it. Yeah, for sure. And we'll go. We'll get into talking about them here in a little bit more detail. But that is the birdie or bogey question for the week, which is brought to you by Like It Is Every Week, Arlington Public House. Arlington Public House has upscale cuisine and cocktails with a casual casual atmosphere, right on seven hundred three Main Street in Rochester, Indiana. And uh, they had a nice post today that about Kentucky Derby which is coming up this weekend. You can come celebrate and watch the races with the Arlington Public House on Saturday. They'll have the races on their TVs and in their simulator room for racing entertainment. And in anticipation of this weekend's race, they have both the Derby and Mint Juleps for $2 off all week long. And the best-dressed Derby couple that comes in on Saturday will win a $50 gift card to use at Arlington Public House or Dreddy's Place. Nice. So... Uh, if you're looking for somewhere to watch the Derby Saturday, uh, go on to the Arlington Public House and uh, and dress up. Wear a hat, wear a wear a suit if you're a male, wear a, wear a nice dress if you're a female, and see if you can win. And of course, tonight's Monday, they have their Monday special: two dollars off smoked whole wings and one dollar off domestic beers. That's a special they're doing every Monday. So, like we said last Monday, uh, if if you don't have plans next Monday. I'm guessing everybody's already got plans right now. So next Monday, 
If you don't have plans, uh, go to the Arlington Public House between 6.30 and 7.30. Not only get $2 off smoked whole wings and $1 off domestic beers, but tell them to flip it on channel 122, and you can still catch the Tan J-Man show. You don't have to miss it. You don't have to DVR it. You can still catch it live. So you got the best of both worlds. There you go. There we go. All right, well, let's talk about the NFL draft. Your birdie or bogey uh, was sent around the NFL draft. The NFL draft has come and went. Um, what are some of your overall thoughts on the NFL draft this year? Well, uh, I, I think the draft sure makes a superstar out of Mel Kuyper and uh, Todd McVay for one weekend. McShay. 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 Well, maybe not a superstar then, just a star. I know. I guess we a lot of our thoughts are based on what these guys are telling us. Um, right. You know, everybody um, obviously knows that Houston took a big gamble, but they took uh, a quarterback and a linebacker at two and three, mortgaged a little bit of their future, but uh, seemed to have gotten stalwarts on both sides of the football, or at least they hope. Um, you know, it's it's a tough process. Everybody thinks the Eagles did fantastic. We'll find out uh, if Jalen Carter is going to really be a problem. You know, he was uh, overall – thought of as one of the top two or three picks in the entire draft. He fell to number nine. Um, Eagles also did a big trade and got DeAndre Swift from the Lions. So um, most people, or many people at least, are saying the Eagles had the best draft. And that's hard to do after you come off of just being a Super Bowl runner-up. So, Well, I thought I thought they did a heck of a job in the first round. Like I said, Jalen Carter fell to them. I mean, they trade up with the Bears for the ninth pick to get that him. And then Nolan Smith from Georgia fell in their lap there at 30. And mm-hmm. then they trade for DeAndre Swift um, from the Lions, like you said. So I thought they did pretty darn good. Um, but we'll see. Um, I saw there was a lot of draft grades out there. Everybody kind of graded from A to, I think, I think B minus was the lowest. I didn't see anybody in the C's this year. I think the Chargers got a B minus grade from somebody from the NFL Network. But I thought that was pretty interesting because usually you'll see some C's or maybe even some D's if somebody really did bad. But not so much this year. I think Dol- Josh's Dolphins were a B minus as well, if I'm well, not mistaken. What were the uh, What were the Broncos then? B, solid B. They only had five picks, so well, they didn't do a, much. A few of these teams that didn't have any first round picks or even second round picks. It's hard to to get a good grade, I would expect. But. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I mean, I thought the Broncos did fine. They got some uh, – filled some needs. Um, yeah, outside of the Kuiper and McShay, I saw someone uh, was very, very high on New England that they yeah. uh, really upped their defense, which is they're going to have to uh, rely upon next year. And then I've seen some people that were in love with what the Lions did. They were a little bit daring – you know, they took a kid up high that probably would have been available a little later, and their second pick in the first round, the same thing, Campbell from Iowa, who I think is going to end up being a, a star football player, by the way, but or at least a really solid one. So everybody's opinion can change a little bit, uh, but you almost have to hit on your first guy pick. Well, let's talk about the quarterbacks that were taken um, night one and, and one that was taken night two. Uh, night one, Bryce Young went one overall to the Panthers. We all expected that. Number two, there were some questions about the Texans pick coming in. I had them taking C.J. Stroud, and I ended up being right, um, thankfully, um, there. And then number four, the Colts took Anthony Richardson, who I also had him mocked going to the Colts. Uh, I guess what, what are your thoughts on the Colts getting Richardson over, say, Will Levis, who slipped to the second round to the Titans? Well, ironically, I, I didn't see a lot of Florida football or Kentucky football, but I watched a lot of the game those two played each other, and they were both just awful that night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was one of those 10-6 to six type games. Um, Richardson's supposedly an athletic beast, you know, was a combine monster. Um, we shall see. You know, this is a, this has a little bit of Mitch Trubisky written on it too. He, he's a guy similar a few years ago that – um, you know, only had 13 career starts and was pretty athletic. And Trubisky hasn't been horrific, but he hasn't lived up to being number two. And he's always uh, uh, been shamed for drafted number two when, you know, Patrick Mahomes went 10th. And even Deshaun Watson went uh, lower than that, I believe. So, um, 
it's a gamble, you know, and, and out of this, uh, you know, those first four quarterbacks, Levis went in the second round, but very early, you know, chances are two of them aren't going to make it. Yeah. And by make it, I mean, not be starters in five years. So, um, you know, you'd think one of them and it's probably young, but we don't know one of them is going to be a star. So, um, you know, for Colt fans, you kind of have to hope Richardson's a star, but he, he's in a good situation, I think. Uh, Colts have a great running back. They're going to get a couple of their defensive studs back this year. They're in, a, at least for time being, one of the easier divisions. But watch for that AFC South in about three years. If Levis is good, if uh, – if, um, T.J. Stroud Stroud's good. And if uh, – the Colts' new quarterback is good, and you got Lawrence. And now all of a sudden, you got three studs in, in their very young age. So, um, AFC South could flip it in a heartbeat. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I know a lot of Colt fans didn't really like the Richardson pick. I do know one that loved it because he said he's either going to be great or going to be awful. He didn't think yeah. there's any in between. So, um, yeah. said they'll, they'll, you should know pretty quickly within two years what what you got there. Um, but uh, we will see. We will we will see there. Um, uh, Purdue Boilermakers, of course, you and I alumni there had five guys drafted. Uh, yeah. Charlie Charlie Jones went to the Cincinnati Bengals in the fourth round, which I think is a good spot for him. Uh, then Aiden O'Connell, unfortunately for me, went to Las Vegas Raiders, which I'm very happy for him that he got drafted and happy he went in the fourth round. But I wish it wasn't Vegas because um, McDaniel's. He can get some good quarterback play out of people, and Jimmy Garoppolo's been made of glass in the past. So if he can beat out Brian Hoyer, he might have a shot to be starter at some point. I was going to uh, ask you who the Raider backup is. It's Hoyer? Yes, Brian Hoyer, oh. I believe. Um, and then uh, Payne Durham went in the fifth round to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Baker Mayfield will be throwing him passes, assuming he makes a team. Then a pair of defensive backs, Corey Trice and Jalen Graham. Corey went to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the seventh round, and Jalen Graham was the fifth to last pick in the whole draft going to the San Francisco 49ers. So five Boilermakers taken the most they've had since the 2004 draft in which nine were taking. The all-time for Purdue is 1960. There was ten guys selected. Mm -hmm. Although I think in 1960 there was probably nearly 20 rounds. Yeah. I know Johnny Unitas was a 17th round pick back in 58. So yep. take it for what it's worth. Yep. So, but no, happy for those guys. Uh, pretty neat to see. You know, that should help Purdue's recruiting efforts. I mean, it shouldn't hurt. It at least won't hurt. Because um, I was looking at Purdue's roster today. I don't know. They might not have anybody picked in the NFL next year. Um, or they could have a couple. I don't know. It's just hard hard to tell. But um, mm-hmm. I was just, just unhappy that Aiden O'Connell went to the Raiders because that gives each – uh, AFC West rival from the Broncos at Purdue Boilermaker. Right. Xander Horvath on, on the LA Chargers, George Karloftis on the Chiefs, and now AOC on the Raiders, and, and the Broncos didn't take any. So um, that's all right, though. As long as the Broncos just win games, that's good enough for me. Well, who's the last Purdue guy to play for the Broncos? Oh, uh, play. Um, let's see. Sean Phillips was on their team in 2013. He might have been the last one to play in an actual game for the Broncos, not counting preseason. I didn't know when Kyle Orton was there. Uh, Sean was there after Kyle Orton was. Okay. So Sean Sean Phillips was there for one year of the Peyton Manning era. Mm-hmm. So I cannot think of any other any other Purdue guys that might have played for the Broncos. Kind of few and far in between as far as regular season games. But uh, Notre Dame had a couple guys go, of course, like they always do. I think they had four. I think they had four guys drafted. Uh, Indiana, zero. They were, I think, the only Big Ten team that didn't have anybody drafted. Yeah, I actually, I, I saw this today that there were seven Power Five schools that did not have anyone drafted. And ironically, about four of them are known as basketball schools. Arizona, Duke, Kansas, Indiana, Colorado, Vanderbilt, and Washington. Washington surprised me a little bit because they had – they had a pretty nice team last year. Sure, sure. Well, and you got to think Colorado the next few years, that'll change. Yeah. You would think. You you sure would think. If he doesn't um, kick them off first. Uh, yeah, I saw they got some big-time commitments from some guys today that they yeah. flipped. So, um, 
Yeah, just Dion a- is also mad that the uh, the historical historical black college uh, there was only one kid drafted in the seven rounds from an HBCU, but uh, you know I don't I don't think there was anything. Well, I I wouldn't. I don't think there was any any race racism. No racial description, the discrepancy towards that by any means, intentionally at least. Um, but you got to think the HBCU schools are going to struggle now in the world of the NIL and the transfer yeah. portal to have kids get drafted. Right. Some kids will start there, and then yes, you know maybe once the a school wants them. Uh, at a quote-unquote higher level, away they may go, especially right. with those schools that off being able to offer money as well. So right, right. Um, any other thoughts on the NFL draft? No, um, I think they could quicken it up a little bit on Thursday night, uh, but you know they do it for TV. Yeah, I was gonna say, did you see the ratings numbers today? I don't think they're too worried. Uh, <laughs> let me let me pull it up here. Um, Hopefully I can find it pretty quickly. Um, now that I say that, I'm probably not going to be able to find it. Well, the attendance this year was 312,000, the most they've had in attendance. Uh, yeah, 54.4 million viewers for the three-day event. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, where, where is it next year? Detroit. Detroit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Making this, It's making its rounds. Maybe that's uh, one you need to you and Josh need to go to. Be, might be close as you get here for a while. Yeah, yeah. I uh, maybe they'll go to Chicago when the Bears get a new stadium. But yeah, um, and Indianapolis would be a good spot for it. But they haven't done it yet. So they've Plus done Nashville. Indianapolis gets the combine. So that's true for now until they eventually mm-hmm. make a dumb mistake and move that out to L.A. But mm-hmm. um, nope. I enjoy the draft. I enjoy watching it every year. It just goes by fast and. You kind of always chuckle, especially on day three when guys are getting picked and they don't cover who's getting picked for about 10 until 10 picks later. Then they throw the highlights up and, and kind of play catch up. But it's, it is incredible, especially the Daniel Jeremiah's and uh, some of those other guys that really study the college game and scout how much they know about these prospects, even the ones going sixth, seventh round. It was very painful, though, to watch uh, the Will Levis show. Um, we've seen it before. We've seen it before with guys. That doesn't make it any easier. I know. I there, know were, but... there were other kids in that green room, but the uh, cameras were always on Levis. and He's quarterback. Yeah. Geno Smith years ago. Slid Brady, second round. Brady Quinn. Yeah. Brady been... Quinn was still first round pick. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers famously. First was... round pick. But yes. Way late. Yes. Uh, Drew Brees did not go to the green room or he would have been yeah. the year because he was uh, first pick in the second round. By the Chargers. Yeah, there was some reports uh, just days before the draft that Levis, he was just, Vegas had him the second best odds to yeah. be the number one pick. I think it was hype off hype, if that yeah. makes sense. And uh, just didn't turn out because I thought, I thought my mock draft was going to be squashed, which I still didn't do that great. As far as getting the exact pick, exact guy right, I got five. Out of 31, I got the first four, and then I got Zay Flowers going to the Ravens at 22. If you count getting the guys and just the picks with the pick number of picks, I got six because I had Brad Broderick Jones getting picked 14th, but I had him going to the Patriots. He ended up going to Steelers in a trade. Right. So, so, yeah, uh, the Jets can get him. So, six out of 31, not my best. That was 11 back in 2020, but I'll probably never do that again. Right. So, I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, with the NFL draft, all the NFL draft talk, I do have a word association segment which is related to the NFL draft. And let me pull it up here. Uh, This is from Bleacher Report. And this list, this is their top 25 undrafted free agents of all time, but I'm not going to go through all 25. I'm just going to pick and choose some of them. You can give me your thoughts. Okay. Starting with a uh, kicker turner slash wide receiver, Josh Cribs out of Kent state. I didn't even know he was from Kent state. Yeah. Josh Cribs was a, he was a dude for a long time. Um, yeah. He was as good a special team player as there was in the NFL for uh, quite a long time. Yeah. His receiving numbers, he only had 107 career catches for a thousand, 161 yards, but, but uh, he had seven 
seven receiving touchdowns, but he returned 387 kickoffs for 10,015 yards and eight touchdowns, along with 195 punt returns for 2,154 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. So, not too shabby. No. How about Jeff Garcia out of San Jose State? Yeah, he was a pro bowler. And uh, I remember him playing in a famous playoff game uh, with the 49ers against the Giants. And- yep large comeback and then he also went and played at cleveland I, he played all over didn't he play for tampa bay a little bit maybe Tampa bay i think philadelphia yeah garcia made the rounds for undrafted he did quite well tony romo out of eastern illinois he was an all-time leading touchdown passer for the cowboys i don't know if i don't think dax caught him yet he will but uh romo for whatever reason i guess because he's a cowboys quarterback a lot of people hated him but he was he was pretty darn good. Well, I think his announcing, I think he went from likable for a lot of people but to not so likable lately. Yeah, I kind of saw that. I heard they don't think he does enough preparation. Plus, he's very uh, over the top on Brady, Mahomes, Allen, yeah, yeah. Burrow. Yep. But uh, Jeff Saturday, North Carolina. Yeah, he was a stalwart. For the Colts, tried his hand at coaching this year, and it does. After <laughs> one week of, of uh, wow, anybody anybody can come do this. It was it was proven it might be a little tougher than it looks. I think Colt fans for the longest time were still fearful he was going to get the job though, because <laughs> yeah. Jim Irsay loves him. They love so. him. I mean, he was a, he was a Colt true and true. Rod Smith, Missouri Southern. Oh yeah, he was great, great uh, Bronco receiver. Mm-hmm. He could get open downfield. He was uh, he was a real weapon for those uh, late '90s Broncos teams. He got open against the Falcons in Super Bowl Thirty Three for a long bomb touchdown. Yeah, Priest Holmes out of Texas, undrafted, really. Yep. Yeah, he was probably the dominant uh, running back there for a couple year period. From 01 through 03, he was pretty dominant. In 05, his season got cut short from a spinal injury, and then he retired in 07. So yeah. injuries cut his career short. Because I remember they went Priest Holmes and Larry Johnson was pretty good for a little while, and then yeah. he got injured, and then and then eventually they got Jamal Charles down the line. And now it's kind of that era when they started uh, de-emphasizing the running back uh, after some of these guys had, you know, two, three, four good years. Who was that? That Murray for the Cowboys led to – League in rushing one year, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> in production. Are you talk about DeMarco Murray? Yeah. 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 Adam Venteri, South Dakota State. Yeah, probably the uh, greatest clutch kicker uh, we've ever seen. Arian Foster, Tennessee. Well, he was a good one in his day, too. Yeah, Houston Texan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, injuries derailed him as well. Wes Welker, Texas Tech. Yeah, he was something. Made a big drop in one of the uh, Super Bowls that uh, Brady that was, lost. That was the one in Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. G- Giselle kind of got all over him on the on the social media. He was a five time Pro Bowler, two uh, two time first team All Pro. Um, yeah, he uh, and he made the, another Super Bowl with the Broncos. He was a Bronco for two years, but that Super Bowl didn't go so well. Forty three to eight. I think uh, I think he's one of those guys when he turns sixty five, will get in the Hall of Fame late. You know, after his deal is done, they'll look back and say, "This guy was pretty special." Could be. He's in coaching. I forget what staff he's part yeah. of right now. Um, James Harrison also Kansas State. Yeah, made, made one of the most famous plays in Super Bowl history. Probably turned a, one of the most underrated Super Bowls ever played. Made a. Just an incredible 100-yard interception return when it looked like he was going to get – it probably took uh, 25 seconds for him to get yep. one end to the other. You know, because if he get tackled after 99 yards, that scores nothing. But that took away a sure three points from the Cardinals and gave six po- uh, seven points to the Steelers. So. Yep, that was Super Bowl 42. Yeah. Uh, John Randall, Texas A&M, Kingsville. Yeah, he uh, – he was pretty famous for a lot of reasons, but he liked to paint his face pretty good too. Yeah, and he liked to yap. Remember, I dressed up like him for Halloween one year when I was real young, just because 
I I don't even know what NFL PlayStation One game it was in the nineties. He was the cover guy. That was yeah. the only reason I dressed up like him. You don't, yeah, you don't remember that, obviously. I don't. So. I don't think people got you confused for John Randall. No, I'm just guessing. Another Kent State guy on the list, Antonio Gates. Yeah, he was a basketball stud. I remember uh, Kent State got to the lead eight back in the early 2000s and actually ran into, ran into the Hoosiers. Yep. Uh, but uh, yeah, he was. Uh, he's he's a Hall of Famer to be. A couple more here. Warren Moon, Washington. Well, you know, he didn't – it was an era when um, African-American quarterbacks weren't really – He went involved. to CFL first. Went to CFL for about four or five years. And then uh, – And he led to Edmonton Eskimos, the five straight Grey Cup championships. Yeah, and then he came over and uh, he was a stalwart for years for – the Oilers and uh, the Vikings mm-hmm. never, I don't think he ever won, but maybe one playoff game, but he sure racked up a lot of yards and a lot of completions. And Richard night train lane from Scott's bluff junior college. Yeah. That's way before my time. It was, but you've heard of him. I think he had 14 interceptions one year. Uh, yeah. His career, he had 68 for his yeah. career. And he was supposedly a hard hitter too. Yep. That's back when guys played both ways a little bit. Night Train Lane. He was uh, he's kind of a legend before my time. And who do you think was number one on this list? Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. Yep. Yeah, they made a movie about him. Yeah, not too bad. Not too Watch bad. On the plane. I did too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, uh, you know, I thought his career was pretty much done after his giant days when Eli took over, but then he uh, Kind of rose there again for the Cardinals, and like we said earlier, talking about James Harrison, darn near led them to a Super Bowl victory. So he's he's one of only about maybe four guys that's played uh, taken two different teams to a Super Bowl. Peyton Manning, Peyton Tom Brady. Ball. Then there's a guy named Craig Morton. That, yeah, uh, for the Cowboys Dallas and the Broncos. And the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're the only four. But. Hmm. I think you're right. I'm thinking about that in my head, but I think you're right. Favre got close. Right. Lost, lost as a Viking against Montana. the Saints. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's but it's not easy to do. Yep. Yep. I can't think of anybody else who who did it. So we'll, we'll see if uh, old Aaron Rodgers can do it this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm already tired of it, and it hasn't even <laughs> it hasn't even hadn't even really begun yet. So. Um, but that is the uh, Word Association segment, which is brought to you by, like it is every week, Proforma Prince You Promo Group. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting, Proforma Prince You Promo Group has over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs, so you need to look no further. Let them be your one-source print and promotional company today by giving Barbara Van Weinsberg a call at 574 574- Two one zero three eight one five, or you can email her at barbara.vanweinsberg at proforma.com. Well, you want to get educated real quick and Could talk you? about some, uh, yeah, I can educate you and talk about some uh, sporting events that have happened on May 1st, and I haven't looked at this list, so I'm going to learn some things too. Uh, let's see here. On this day, night or on this day, eighteen ninety one, legendary pitcher Cy Young won his first game, played at uh, Cleveland's League Park as the Cleveland Spiders beat the Cincinnati Redlegs twelve to three. First of five hundred eleven, I believe he had. Yeah, as Josh points out a lot of times, he wasn't a very nice guy, or that might have been Ty Cobb. That's Ty One Cobb. Of, Ty Cobb. Okay. Yeah. All right. On his day, 1901, Chicago White Sox outfielder Herm McFarland hit the first Grand Slam in American League history in 19-9 win at home against Detroit Tigers. The Tigers also committed 12 errors that game. That's a tough fielding day. Yeah. Yes. On his day, 1920, Babe Ruth hit his first home run as a New York Yankee in a sixth win over his former club, the Boston Red Sox. All right. Um, let's see. A lot of baseball stuff. A lot of Hall of Famers making their debuts. Let's see if we can find something else. Um, oh, man. Um, a lot of Kentucky Derby stuff. 
Oh, it's a 1951 future Baseball Hall of Famer, Mickey Mantle, his first career home run, an 8-3 win against the White Sox in Chicago. Nice. Um, oh, it's a 1955 future Baseball Hall of Fame pitcher, Bob Feller, tosses record 12th one-hitter in the Indians' 2-1 to win over the Boston Red Sox at Cleveland Stadium. I think he may have ended up with 17 one-hitters. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, a lot of derby stuff. Um, on this day, nineteen sixty-five, who won the Stanley Cup? The Stanley Cup, um, sixty-five. Let's go with the Canadians. It was the Montreal Canadiens beat the Chicago Blackhawks four-zero in Game Seven to take the title, four games to three. I think there were still only six teams in those days. Good, good guess. On this day, nineteen sixty-nine, Leonard. Toze, I believe, or Toze, I don't know how you pronounce his last name, bought the NFL's Philadelphia Eagles for a professional sports record of $16.15 million. <laughs> I just have to chuckle because look at we are where we are nowadays when teams are going for $6 billion with a B. Well, they just signed a quarterback for a quarter of a billion. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Um, a lot of derby stuff. On the stage in 1984, who was the first overall pick in the NFL draft? It was by the New England Patriots, if that helps you. Irving Fryer? It was. Nebraska wide receiver, yep. Mm-hmm. On the stage in 1988, after scoring 50 points in Game 1 NBA Eastern Conference playoff series, Michael Jordan has 55 in the Bulls' 106-101 win against the Cleveland Cavaliers in Game 2, first to score 50-plus points in consecutive playoff games. Yeah, I don't think Cleveland can figure out how to shut him down. No. On this day, 1991, Nolan Ryan, then pitching for the Texas Rangers, pitched his MLB record seventh no-hitter against the Toronto Blue Jays. He was at age 44 when he threw that. I can remember seeing clips, or they kept cutting to it back in uh, baseball that night, did. so. Pretty incredible. Uh, we got a guy here that pops up on this day, it seems like, quite often. Uh, on this day, 1992, Oakland Athletic outfielder Ricky Henderson stole his 1,000th career base in the A's 7-6 win at Detroit. Yeah, he was a good one. Yes, he was. Uh, let's see. What else do we got here? Uh, on this day, 1995, the Canadians lost 2-0 at Buffalo to miss the Stanley Cup playoffs for the first time in 25 years. On this day, 1996, Pat Riley got ousted in the opening round for the first time in his 14 years as head coach when the Heat were beaten by the Buff- by the Chicago Bulls and swept 3-1 in round one of the Eastern uh, Division playoffs. Um, on this day, 2002, Padres closer Trevor Hoffman set an MLB record for saves for one team with 321 in a 4-3 win against the Cubs. Okay. Um, see if I can find one more. On this day in 2021, who won the Kentucky Derby? <laughs> 2021. It gave trainer Bob Baff- Baffert a record seventh victory. Yeah, I don't know. It was Medina Spirit. Oh, yeah. I do remember I, the name. I do now too after reading it, but I think I, uh, wasn't Justify the last one to win a triple crown. Sounds right. I still remember Smarty Jones being close back in like oh five. Yeah. So I think I think two of them did it there in a two or three year period, but I think it's been like five years since it happened. Yeah. Flying by. Yeah. There's been yeah, if 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 I could if I hear the horses then I could remember them, but I I know there was another American Pharaoh or something like that. Yeah, and like there was a good one like two thousand thirteen or fourteen. Um, yeah, but that is the on this day, which is brought to you by Mooney Woodcrafts. Mooney Woodcrafts is a veteran owned and operated woodcraft shop based out of North Carolina with Indiana grassroots. They provide a hundred percent hand cut custom designs to fit your needs. And their pieces are a great addition to any home office or man cave. You can see some of their recently completed projects by visiting them at Mooney Woodcrafts on Instagram and on Facebook. And if you let them know the Tan and J man show sent you, you get 15% off your order. 
And Thad can do all types of signs from sports teams to military to growth charts to wedding signs. Anything you want, he can make. So once again, visit them on Instagram or Facebook. Well, NBA playoffs. We had a lot of NBA playoffs in the on this day this week. Uh, how much of the playoffs have you watched? Um, a little bit. Um, I, I took interest in two or three of the series. Um, I have to admit, I have always liked the Warriors, but I have Warrior fatigue. Yes, and uh, I'm I'm really tired of Draymond Green. What a what a classic. Uh, you know, it's, it's TV, but. <laughs> he, he said Sabonis didn't shake his hand. He lost of respect for him. Of course, he just threw his uh, his size 17 into Sabonis' gut last week. Um, and he punched a teammate out this year. I mean, uh, yeah. but anyway, uh, Steph Curry went for 50, and they knocked the Kings out. Yeah, you know, and he yelled, he yelled, like the beam, after yeah. the horn sounded. So Yeah, yeah and he said, uh, he was yelling at the crowd, you're not ready for this blank yet. And, uh, they will be. They they aren't yet, but they, they will be. I think. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox is a real dude. He played uh, Carson Edwards in the AAU league years mm-hmm. ago, and I think De'Aaron's kind of shown his moxie. Sure. That was a good series. Obviously, the Bucks losing was kind of shocking. Yep. Uh, Giannis missed uh, two games totally, but they won one of the two he missed. Uh, they were zero three when he played. Yeah, uh, it just didn't click for some reason. And, and the Heat heat are a stupidly dangerous eight seed. And they are. And, and uh, Tyler Hero, who was their second leading scorer, 21 a game, he's out. So uh, you don't know where you're going to get the scoring from the Heat other than playoff Jimmy. Jimmy Butler's always been good in the playoffs. He's saving the day for him without their hero. But uh, you, you had sent something yesterday where in the NBA – there's eight teams left, and each team was either a one, a two, a three, a four, five, six, seven, or eight seed. Um, uh, even though the Warriors at a six and the Lakers at a seven sounds outrageous, you know, they were both favored to win their series. That's what they were, six and seven seeds. And that's the way it goes in today's world of of uh, load management stuff. You, you about have to look at what the record is when they're in full, full mode. Yeah. Um, Full, all healthy with a full roster, right? As much as I'm a anti-Laker and have been since the early '70s, <laughs> it didn't really hurt to see him beat the Grizzlies because I, I think they're kind of uh, an immature, yes, uh, team that needs you know needs a leader. Well, and the Lakers Warriors series will be a fun one to watch and will generate really good ratings. Well, the good thing about that is one of them has to lose, right? So, um. You know, I'm hoping the Nuggets can hold off the Suns. The Suns are one of those teams that were in the NBA Finals just two, two, two years, ago. years ago. Gets the Bucks, uh, yep. And then they go get Durant. Uh, yep. You know, and Chris Paul is probably one of the more famous NBA players who's never won a ring. Yep. Uh, but uh, I hope the Nuggets get them. I'm, I'm I think the Nuggets come out of the West. I, well, that would make my bold prediction come true. Of the, I have the Nuggets winning the uh, Western Conference Finals in one of my 23 bowl predictions for 2023. So I hope you're right. And and I think they're a fun team to watch. They are. Um, they and they're, the built, they're, built, they're built the right way, too. But they're never going to get a big free agent. And their franchise guy is a guy they got in the second round. Yeah. And he's a back-to-back MVP. And honestly, I saw um, Bill Simmons said he's probably going to regret not yeah. – not voting for uh, the Joker for the third straight MVP because you know they do the voting so early, you don't don't take the playoffs in consideration, and he's kind of proven right now he can put his team on his back. So. Yeah, of course, uh, Jamal Murray um, has oh, had sure. big games. Sure, he was doing that a few years ago in the bubble. Yes, um, then he got hurt, and then he got hurt, and so yep. Denver hasn't been whole for two years now. And, yep, um, they're the real well, this- deal. This is uh, this is actually going to be my uh, Tanner's book of prediction of the week because okay. it's usually the J Man's book of prediction. Wait, but there's no J Man tonight. Uh, Denver Nuggets take Game Two tonight against wow. the Suns. We go up two zero. Go up two zero. So uh, we will see. Maybe I'll have a better track record than the J Man does on these, but uh, I'll have to have to. I, uh, I, t- I wish the back NBA in. would go to a best three of five. Four of yeah. seven is a long time. Well, they used to do three games in the first round. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I know. Yep. 
But uh, three or five sounds right to me. In the East, uh, you know, either the Sixers or I'm sorry, either the Knicks or the Heat are going to be in the Eastern Conference Final. I don't think anybody had that down. Which I think a lot of people are rooting for the Heat. And I know the Heat have been successful, don't get me wrong, with Dwayne Wade, then LeBron James, and even in the bubble series, bubble year, they were runner-up to the Lakers. But just with the Knicks fans being so cocky on Twitter right now mm-hmm. and social media, um, I think everybody's like, okay, we're ready to, for you to start losing again. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, in a guy that I share a lot of his content with you, Frank Fleming, Frank the Tank of Barstool Sports, he's decided – Earlier this year, he was going to be an NBA free agent fan. He's tired of the Nets, tired of them. He chose, he went to game one yesterday and chose the Net, the Knicks as his new team, then they lost. So the Fleming curse might be with the Knicks now. Yeah. Um, his Devils might get ousted in game seven tonight by the Rangers. Mets can't do anything right in his eyes. Dolphins either. So <laughs> so maybe the Fleming curse will take the, take the Knicks down. You know uh, – they talk a lot on TV about the Madison Square Garden crowd, and you and I experienced a little bit of that at the Big Ten tournament that was at Madison Square Garden, and and that was just from uh, the Rutgers fan base. Uh, and Rutgers was a horrible team that year, and we saw them beat Indiana on Thursday night, and then uh, a very good Purdue team. Uh, they took them to the brink on Friday night, yep. and that place was electric. Yep, and I can't well, imagine when you had the whole building. Instead, just three fourths of it going for a team like the Knicks. Uh, that's magical. Well, and how about that Saturday? Michigan against Michigan State. Yeah, it was sold out, and that was unbelievable atmosphere. Yeah. So, like you said, and that was half and half. Like you said, when you have the whole full, whole place going for one team, it's probably pretty special. Yeah. And as we walked in, we saw was I don't know, it was either a very large mouse or a small rat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In Madison Square Garden. So. Yeah. Place is old, but uh, still on a bucket. It should be on any sports fans' bucket list, though, just because the history in the building. It was cool to walk around, see the uh, concerts that have been performed there, the boxing matches, uh, WrestleManias, things like that. So, right, very well, cool. Very and to cool. See the Knicks in the playoffs. Uh, that would have to be, you know, one of the more yeah. energetic uh, fan bases that that could be. Well, the New York Rangers too. Yeah, that are in the playoffs right now. Not probably not on the level of the Knicks, but. Still, it's been a while since they've won anything. Right. Um, but yeah, in the East, I, I, I would. Th- uh, my prediction, I, I guess, for these series, I think the Nuggets win. I think the Lakers win, and I think the Heat win and the Celtics win. I agree with your two East. I think you're wrong on both the West. I think it'll be the Warriors. And the and unfortunately, I think the Suns will get them. That's why. Well. I mean, if the Nuggets can get game two tonight and go up 2-0. Well, that'll make um, it tough. That will make it tough. That will make it tough. And before I forget, I do want to mention that uh, the J-Man's Book of Prediction of the Week is brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering. Uh, Travis is a multi-line agent for Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance, specializing in home, auto, life, renter's insurance, annuities, and farm insurance. You can contact Travis by giving him a phone call at 219-869-4561 or you can email him at travis.watching at infarmbureau.com. I, I forgot one point I was going to make about the Nuggets, though. The Suns are not a deep team. Once they got Durant, they had to give up three or four players to get him. And you play at Denver in the altitude, and, yep. and your starters are going 40 minutes. That's not conducive to winning. Um, it's true. Denver probably has as good a home court advantage as any team in sports because of that. I feel like it doesn't get talked about very much. It does in football, of mm-hmm. course. In baseball, it does because of, well, because of the, well, I don't know. I, I think it goes against the Rockies in baseball because they can't get, they can't ever pitch very well. Everybody can go out there and hit. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't get talked about, I don't think, in basketball terms near enough, especially with the NCAA tournaments out there and everybody's playing in that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but shooting and, and just from a conditioning standpoint, but yeah, I've I've watched more of the NBA playoffs than I thought I would. I still haven't watched a complete game, but I've watched quarters and bits and pieces of different games. Yeah, so. I haven't followed with like I, I've become like a Luka Doncic fan and his team didn't make yep. it. Yep. So yep. and the Pacers aren't in, the Bulls went out in a hurry, so my interest level's a little bit lower. The Sonics aren't back yet. So Yeah, Sonics are not back. Not yet. Not yet. Give them time. 
Give yeah. them time. Expansion when they take a team to Vegas and and then and then uh, make Seattle get a team too. So okay, that's my that's my prediction. Then Vegas will have the A's as well in baseball eventually, and they'll just have all a team for every league. So oh, that's Oakland that's, East. Oakland East. Uh, but speaking of NHL, real quick, my Avalanche defending Stanley Cup champs out. Seattle Kraken upset them last night, two uh, one in Game Seven in Colorado. So they're going home earlier than expected. Um, and the Bruins, one of the NHL's best teams in regular season history, sixty three wins, and absolutely choked the series away to the Florida Panthers. So all of a sudden, uh, the lane, I guess, so to speak, is open for the Toronto Maple Leafs to do something they haven't done in a long, long, long time. Yeah, I think the Bruins had leads in the third quarter. Game six and seven. Yep. So yep. Just choked. They can only, uh, they can only blame themselves. I that, mean, they had a chance to close it down. NHL playoff hockey is very fun to watch because not only is it intense, it's very unpredictable. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen eight seeds win it all. Los Angeles Kings are the most recent ones in my memory to do it. Um, it's not unheard of by any means. Whereas in NBA, it is, and and MLB is different. I mean, totally different. And yeah. NFL. Yeah, you'll see a wild card team now and then do it, but, um, yeah, but but yeah, it's it was unfortunate. Um, I mean, they I would say, I mean, they were without their captain Gabriel Landeskog, but he didn't play the whole season, so you can't use that as an excuse. They were out without Kale McCarr in Game Five, but that was because he you he did an illegal hit on the guy in Game Four. Uh, just for whatever reason, they played better on the series on the road than they did at home, and their old goalie. Um, Played lights out against him last night. And if it wasn't for him, they would have probably blew Seattle out of the water because he was getting no help on defense, but he was making some miraculous saves. And that's just sports. It happens yeah. sometimes. Just unfortunate. I wanted to see him at least win one round to keep keep on going. But it is what it is. And the Kraken, in only their second playoff series in their short uh, franchise history, are moving on. So which is also something you can see in hockey. I mean, the Las Vegas Golden Knights did that years ago. They made the Stanley Cup, I think, in their second year of existence. So that's not unheard of either. No. But other than that, uh, baseball's going on, of course. I've got to say I've watched the least amount of baseball so far this season I ever have in my life. Um, so I haven't even given the new rules much of a chance, which – by uh, a lot of people's opinions, they're going over really well. Yeah. Um, but I did see one today, a new one they just put in, was that teams have to notify the MLB 24 hours in advance if they think they're playing in a situation where somebody could get a standing ovation. So that way that team, um, they can look out for it so they don't get a uh, a delay. Oh, really? Because a couple teams have been delayed this year because this crowd starts standing, the guy starts waving a little bit, and he doesn't get in the batter's <laughs> box in time and gets delayed. And it's like, come on. Yeah. So now they have a rule you have to notify the league 24 hours in advance. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, I but, haven't really paid a whole lot of attention, but it is May 1st. Well, well looking at the divisions, the uh, New York Yankees are tied for the last. I the AL East right now with a 15-14 and 14 record. Tampa Bay has a commanding lead, 23 wins, 6 losses. The Baltimore Orioles, their baby birds from the AAA, are playing really well, 19-9 record, and the Blue Jays are 18-10. The AL Central's a mess besides the Twins at the top, 17-12. Everybody else is really struggling. The White Sox are a disaster at 8-21. That's why I went down one of my big surprises. Just a disaster. Um, and they came from four runs down in the ninth yesterday, where they'd be 7-22. I mean, you look at the at the AL. I mean, you got the White Sox eight and twenty one, Royals seven and twenty two, A's six and twenty three. Those are three pretty bad baseball teams. Yes, they are. Um, the Mariners are kind of surprising so far with uh, the poor start they've been off to twelve and sixteen. Yeah. Uh, the Rangers will win that division at seventeen and eleven, but I still think it's probably the Astros to lose eventually. National League Braves have the NL East lead at nineteen and nine. That's not surprising. Everybody else kind of struggling in that division. The Phillies are 15-14, but they got a, some positive news today that Bryce Harper's going to make his debut tomorrow as a designated hitter two months uh, earlier than expected to return from Tommy John surgery. So that's big. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates, one of the best teams, best stories in the league right now with a 20-9 record Absolutely. right now winning the NL Central. 
I know your good friend, uh, Sean Schreiber, a friend of the show, he's got to be over the moon about that so far, I would think. Yeah, he keeps saying he, he thinks uh, water's going to find his level. Sure. But, uh, it is a good story. I mean, if the playoffs started today, it would be quite a contrast to what think people thought it was going to be. I mean, the, the St. Louis Cardinals are 10 and 21. 10 and 19. Oh, 10 and 19. 10, but still, they're last place in the Central. I did right now. Um, they're 10 games out. Yeah, and the Arizona Diamondbacks have the lead in the West right now. Yeah, um, the Colorado Rockies are worst record wise in the NL with nine and a record nine and twenty. That's not surprising, especially when your when your owner comes out and says, "I think we can be a five hundred team." Um, yeah. yeah, that that's just what you want to hear. Um, yeah, and and their fans aren't showing up this year like they usually do, and that's usually what he he just lines his pockets with attendance, and that's not even happening. So, you have to if the um, if the playoffs started today in the American League, you would have the Rays, Rangers, Twins, Orioles, Blue Jays, and Astros as your six teams. And in the National League, you have the Pirates, Braves, Diamondbacks, Brewers, Dodgers, and Marlins. Oh, the Cubs didn't make it? Cubs were fifth. The uh, Mets for fourth uh, in the wild card right now. Okay. Yes. yes. Well, one month done. Yeah, a lot of season left. A lot you know, of season I, I, left. I took a look at what I thought were some some great individuals. Looks like Garrett Cole is is the preeminent pitcher in baseball. Clayton Kershaw, five five and one with a one point eight nine ERA, something like that. Dude doesn't age. And then of course Otani and Trout are both off to good starts. But now, do, do you think the Angels will trade one, or if not both of them, at the trade deadline if they're out of it? If they're out of it, yeah. Probably Otani more so than Trout, since yeah. he's going to be a free agent. Yeah, I don't know who's going to pay that six hundred million he's going to want. But I also thought it was interesting some of the because baseball doesn't have true superstar. I, I don't know if you can say even how many superstars are in baseball. You know, Otani, Trout, Judge. Um, I think Aaron Judge is supposed to be the market he plays in. Well, that's why I say Judge. Those three. You know, I would have thought Mookie Betts had been in the vicinity. He's batting 235. Uh, Kristen Yelich, MVP in the past, batting 223. Alex Bergman, 219. And a guy I thought was going to be huge for the Padres and a potential MVP, Juan Soto, batting 202. Yeah. So uh, even some great pitchers. Zach Grinke, who's a potential Hall of Famer, he's 0-4 with the 6 ERA. Chris Sale, 6.75. And Lance Lynn, uh, supposed to be a stud for the White Sox 0-4 with a 7.16 ERA. So I mean, they are they are really bad. Yeah, they must be. And it's just, it's weird. They're, they're a weird team. They're in such a big market, and they have money to spend. But like you, you uh, shared with me last week, they're one of three MLB clubs, along with the A's and the Royals, and never spend $100 million on a player. Right. Right. You can't even, you know, I don't know. Do you have to go back to Frank Thomas for a, well, they, they've had some good young players, but they, like you said, they've never had a guy that's just a star there for decades. Like since Frank Thomas, Harold Baines, who isn't even there forever. I Paul Canerco was pretty good, but he probably he was wasn't real a good. star. Yeah. Um, they've had a lot of good pieces. I mean, yeah. you know, that 05 world series team had good pieces. Yeah. Uh, they had Jim Tomei there for a little bit. Um, but no, you're right. And a few years ago, it looked like, you know, there was high expectations last year after what they did two years ago, and the the, the La Russa hire was just a mess. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's Jerry Reinstorf. Um, you know, he owns the Bulls too, and he probably should know neither one. No. No, you're right. But, but the um, White Sox are just in, in their attendance. I was I saw some of their comeback yesterday, and I know they're down four runs, and I know it's cold and wet. So people weren't there, but I mean, literally, eleven people might have been in that ballpark. <laughs> Four run rally in the ninth inning. I had a laugh. There was an all-time rant on Chicago sports radio last week. Guy went on for seven minutes, and Waddle and, and, and his partner—I can't think of his name right now—let them let him go on, and he was unbelievable. I mean, he started off like I've been a diehard Wisecock fan for forty years. I'm thinking, oh great, this guy's gonna say something stupid, but he was so spot on. But my favorite comment he made the whole time was, "It took the Bears six months to lose eleven games. It took us two weeks, three weeks, whatever it was." Yes, yeah. that's pretty good. 
The Bears might have won, lost 11, yeah. 11 in two weeks. Too. Yeah, yeah, but it was pretty good. So, yeah, yeah tough times there on the south side of Chicago. Well, I tell so. you. Yeah. Anything else you want to hit on real quick before we wrap it up with the birdie or bogey question? Well, uh, got a couple minutes. I'm um, I'm anxious to see golf roll around again. Actually, LIV golf's been much more interesting. Live golf, live golf, live golf has been much more interesting than the uh, the regular tour. So this week, a few Rory and Jordan and your man Ricky, some of those boys will be back playing in uh, North Carolina. Yeah, watch for Rick to contend. He's won there. He got tied for fifth when the PGA Championship was there a couple years ago. A good outing would get him in the top 50 of the world rankings. He's 52 right now. So, Wish I had a dollar for every time I've heard you say that. Watch for Ricky to contend. I'm more positive this year than I have been in a while. So yeah. Yeah, he, he, may, he might have a chance to make the Ryder Cup team this year. Well. A lot of the – especially if the live guys aren't going to be on it. So Right. With no Dustin Brooks or – I don't know anybody. Taylor Gooch is obviously. Just say Bryson DeChambeau wouldn't be one right now. No. So I remember when they they announced that live tour. The guy Nick Faldo was the most disappointed in was Taylor Gooch. Said this guy's going to be a superstar and we'll never know it. Well, all of a sudden he's won back to back weeks. Eight million dollars in two weeks. So yeah, but he fell. Him. He fell in the world golf rankings. But he did sneak into the PGA. Yeah. Um, yeah. Him and uh, Anna that. Lahari or for whatever from India. Do you think they'll figure that out eventually? The system. I think. No? I think a live guy needs to win one for them. Yeah. And it probably needs to be somebody other than Brooks, Dustin, or Cameron Smith. Just uh, one of these Taylor Gooches or uh, Anahar Lahari or you yeah, know, um, Abraham Answer or you know somebody yeah. Joaquin Neiman. Because the live guys, what they have done, they have created an international audience and you know by playing in australia and all these other countries and then they have teams of all australians and all south africans and yeah i think they've been much more popular in the outside world than they are in the united states yeah internationally i mean australia love that was the first tournament they've had in years they loved it but yeah it is different i watched that one in australia was the first one i watched cw presentation's different it's definitely a different feel than pga tour i you know i I'm a big professional wrestling fan. I've, I've made that noted. I like all elite wrestling more than I do WWE, but I like that you have choices. You have alternatives. I think it's good for golf to have an alternative. That's well, just my opinion. I think it makes the four majors even more highlighted. Yeah. I, I do think there's got to be a way to get 12 or 15 of these live guys. Some of them are past their primes, the Westwoods and the Stensons and stuff. Bubba, you know, but uh, – they definitely have probably 10 or 12 of the best 40 players in the world over there. And yep. that's what you want to see in the majors is the best players. Yep. So. Yep. Well said. Mm-hmm. Well, can you hit me with that birdie or bogey question again, please? Yeah, it was about number two, overall number two picks. Yes. And only Which... three of them have made the Hall of Fame since 1984. Um, <laughs> since it's not for a uh, – yeah, it's not. It's, it's a tough one. I'm glad it's a tough one because it's not for. It's not counting against me if I get it wrong, or not counting in my favor if I get it right. One was uh, a running back. One was a wide receiver, and the other one was an offensive tackle. Oh my gosh. Um, well, I had a D lineman in mind. So <laughs> that's how I had Howie Long. He. Uh, but was he not number two overall? He was not, no. Okay, I, uh, his, his son Chris was. I thought there was a connection there for some his reason. His son was, you're right. But he wasn't a Hall of Famer. Uh, you said running back, offensive lineman, and, and what was the other wide position? Wide receiver. The wide receiver left football too early. That's Calvin Johnson. Yep. Yeah, because I, I was thinking, you know, I was thinking the other wide receiver the Lions took over, number two are all Charles Rogers. Charles Rogers, yeah. Uh, um, I – Honestly, I know where shows come to a close. I can't think of anybody, so just just hit me with it. It was uh, Marshall Falk. Didn't know he's the number two Tony overall. Maselli, who just got in the Hall of Fame from Jacksonville. I didn't know either two of those guys were number two overall. So yeah, that's, it would have been a, it's hard a tough one. one. Yeah. Well, thanks, Dad, for filling in on kind of a late notice today. But uh, yeah. it's always fun talking sports with you, and I appreciate you being on. And uh, look forward to you when you got to fill in for the J Man next time. All right. Have a good evening. Yep, we'll be on the same time, same channel next week when the J-Man returns. Have a good week, everybody.